Welcome to the Clam Jammers Podcast, the semi-erotic podcast exploring the strange world of smut and kitsch in all its forms. Welcome to the world of Shore, Miri, and Put Upon Penguin Crabsworth as they play, chat, and laugh their way through all of life's intimate topics. Come for the sex, stay for the weird. Happy holidays, everybody. It is I, Miri, and I have Shore here, and we are about to ruin your holiday shopping. Yay! You should have had it done forever ago anyway. Yep, and now we're going (laughs) to ruin it for you. (laughs) So, this has been a long one in the making, and oddly enough, uh, Shore is the one who put this on our list of topics. And I decided, since Wonderful Shore is always reviewing things with the uh, the legal-sized paper, I'd do this one. So, for all of you wonderful people out there, I have watched eight-plus hours of Goop series. I have been on their website. I have read their articles. And we are going to review Goop for you this holiday season. <laughs> I can't get through that in a, with a straight face. Well, and also let's let's just talk about the name Goop. Yeah, because that's that in and of itself is not appealing. No, but remember, it's all it's all lowercase. <laughs> the is branding, the branding. I will admit they have very strong branding. They. They went out with a bang on their branding. But still, like, they had to have at least a couple people sitting down together, brainstorming names, and they were like, you know what this world needs? More goop. And I I don't, I don't vibe with it. I don't understand how this happened. How did we get here, Mary? What is the meaning of this? I don't know. Um, So would you like a bit of background on goop? Yes. You'll hear me shuffling with my papers because <laughs> I wrote things down. Uh, so Goop is actually, I thought that it might have been a bio thing by uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, it was actually founded by Gwyneth Paltrow. And okay, it was. It was. She okay. is uh, the founder of it. And yeah, that's, uh, you know, good for her. In the series, there's two series, by the way. So there's the Goop Lab and there's Love, Sex, and Goop. And in the Goop Lab, she mentions wanting to, you know, do something more than just make out with Matt Damon. She wants to have a a thing where she can help people. So in 2008, she did found this company. Um, It currently sits at approximately 80 employees. Um, And it is described, and I quote, it is a modern lifestyle brand promoting optimization of self. So when you say lifestyle brand, the only thing I can think about is the, I, I, I think she was like a lifestyle person from Parks and Rec. Do you remember that like wanted to buy Ron's chair? Yes! And put it in her, like, lifestyle brand magazine and stuff. And she was just way, 
way out there. Yes. Yeah, that's what I think of. Yeah, and, and I... I'm not... I'm going to say it. You're not too far off. Um, there are <laughs> <laughs> there are some good things about the company. I don't think I've ever seen so many um, women in a company. Right, yeah. Um, at, fairly diverse for... Um, I can't remember where in California they are, but ma major city. Fairly diverse. Uh, different sexual orientations and gender identities. Also, I don't think I've ever seen so many women without makeup or very minimal makeup on. That's on surprising. Yeah, that's which fantastic. Is, yeah, it's pretty cool. There are some good things about the company, but overall, and we're going to get into this, do they have some legitimate experts who come on? Yes, they do. Do they? these legitimate experts have, you know, opinions that are based on science and based on current practices and all that other stuff yes they do however they bring in people who also have ideas and theories that are either completely unproven cannot be proven or have been proven to be untrue and they promote them and in particular uh goop lab exemplifies this that series uh I have a wonderful cat howling in the background, and I apologize to everybody who's hearing <laughs> that. Attention whore, that's what I'll say. Uh, but I will quote, and I actually had this in my notes as an alert. So in Goop Lab, it's people can have access to information and make up their own minds. Mm, what should matter is the truth. And that kind of sounds more like, oh, well, both sides have valid points kind of argument. Yeah, and... When it's like, well, sometimes one side is right and one is wrong. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I will say uh, there's a couple, there's two dis kind of sort of disclaimers I want to say before I get into it. And I'm going to start with the good and then we're going to get progressively worse. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where it's going. Um, firstly, both series have a disclaimer at the beginning. Um, saying that this is meant to inform and entertain and that if you need um, if you need anything medical or if you're going to change something to your health or anything, you should be consulting with your doctor or Good. a doctor. So they do have a disclaimer on both of those. Um, I also want to say, even with Goop Lab, where it's the employees and not invited people, Love, Sex and Goop, it's invited couples. Um, we're not belittling their personal and very emotional and real reactions to what's going on. I highly doubt all of them are that good of actors to come in and do this. <laughs> right. I really doubt it. Um, and I don't want to say that their experiences are wrong or anything like that, because you, you had an experience that was real and altering to you and helped you progress in a more positive way. Um, what we're talking about and criticizing is having a lie surrounded by a bunch of truth and yeah. how dangerous that is. Because it, it is intentionally misleading. Yes. Um, and we will really get into that around the last half of this episode. So if you... If you want to hear the bad stuff, go ahead and fast forward now. <laughs> but I say come along for the ride because there were some experts that I was I was kind of impressed with. I'm not going to lie. And most of them all had to do with um, female sexuality and pleasure. 
So Yay. yeah, so we're gonna start there. Big so fan most of that. yeah, most of these experts come from the series Love, Sex, and Goop, with one of them being featured in uh, the Goop Lab. So I will get to her in a minute. Uh, the con- basically the setup of Love, Sex, and Goop is it's six episodes. It was released in 2021. Five different couples with different common sexual issues that are not medical. I want to make that very clear. These are not like medical things. Mm -hmm. These are things that can be solved through therapy and work. They're paired with five experts and they do an intensive, like an intensive long weekend to work on reinvigorating that spark. And is it like, would you define it as sex therapy? Uh, Yeah, it's okay. It's all in there. There's a bit of um, couples therapy mixed in, but I feel like you're going to get that. That kind of needs to go hand in hand. Yeah, like you're, you're going to get that. Um, one thing I do want to note is um, in the format, you're seeing the couple journeys that are split up. And then there's also, this is interspliced with um, Gwyneth Paltrow and then the expert they have, uh, Michaela Bowen talking in a circle with the couples and then you have like talking heads of the couples and stuff like that so kind of your classic setup there nothing kind of out out there anything like that going on so i I do want to say i'm going into this pretty much completely blind i remember seeing like a trailer for this yeah i know about the the vagina candle and that's about the extent of my knowledge about goop so this is the funny thing in this series, they do not talk about the vagina candle. They do not talk about the, they have a product, the jade egg, which you're supposed to put in your vagina. And basically um, it's like helps you do Kegels, except Kegels, they've attached yeah. to it this whole ancient wisdom thing. Oh, uh, I don't like the sound of that. That sounds yes. like they're trying to profit off somebody's tradition, but. <laughs> or they've made up a tradition. That's true. <laughs> or they're just talking out of their ass. That could be a thing too. Uh, I'm just going to talk about the couples very briefly. Uh, so Damon and Erica, they stay with this couple the most. Um, together six years, 40s, they're black presenting. Uh, they talk about having communication issues. And what's fun here is they actually end up discovering a lot about each about each other sexually. And that not only bridges them sexually because he thinks she's frigid, but she's not. She just hasn't had the language to ask for what she's looking for. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know how to give it to her. So they bridge that gap. But in also doing that, they she wasn't sure if she wanted to have kids, if she's not like, you know, regularly having the closeness and stuff like that. So it was interesting to see that. And it was a very, um, there were two very emotional moments where he finds pleasure in vulnerability and she discovers that she's been bracing every time penetration is about to happen. Uh Oh, and she actually cries when she realizes it and realizes what it feels like to relax. Um, that's very, so sad. Yeah, it's a very emotional moment. Um, I'm gonna say happy ending. Uh, they get they get sex homework, <laughs> and there's no. Um, and this is classic of a lot of sex and couples therapy is to be like, there's no onus on 
having penetrative sex. If you're in the mood, do it. But you're focusing on exploring each other's bodies, learning what each other likes and feeding off of, you know, seeing the other person getting turned on by what you're doing. And they came back and she was like, I didn't think I was going to ask for it, but like I wanted penetration like for the first time in forever. And then I think there's like an update made several months later where they're pregnant. And yeah, they 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 got really close. And I was like, you guys are so sweet. Uh, the other couple they have is Rama and Felicitas. They're um, they've been together since college. Their youngest child at the time of filming was 11. Um, she's from Germany. He's from the Caribbean. They live in the United States. And it's a lot of exhaustion. Um, but it's also she feels inundated with being the glue and the driving force behind the family. Mm. And he's just like, I have to keep you happy. I have to keep you happy. I have to keep you happy. Tell me what you want, because I have to keep you happy. And she's like, I don't want to have to tell you what I want. Right. You're, you're just giving me one more. Because of itself is a task. Yeah. And then what we end, they end up discovering is she has this kind of um, control issue and then he'll shut down and become almost like a child to her. So it was about breaking that down and being able to come together in a sensual, sexual fashion. In, in what way do you mean become like a child? Not in terms of acting, but in terms of right. attitude. Like you can't do anything without me. I have to do this for you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and it turns into like hypercritical and stuff like that as well. Um, that's what I mean. Not like childlike behavior. It's more. Right, right. You can't do anything, so I'm going to do it for you. He doesn't want to upset her, so he lets it happen. Meanwhile, they're both getting resentment on either side. Resentment is so huge. Oh, yeah. Um, third couple, I am going to say. They are the most adorable couple. They are. So, I loved this couple. They were so cute. Um, Camille and Chandra together six years and had just gotten engaged. And they were coming in because uh, so they're lesbians. Mm -hmm. They had a severe lack of education. One of them actually comes from Latter-day Saints family. Uh, they also say, like, you know, we try to go to porn to see what we can do, but it's very uh, clear that the majority of lesbian porn is not for lesbians. <laughs> what? Yeah. Shocking, right? Oh, my gosh. Wait till word gets out. I know. So a lot of it was about increasing their comfort level, discovering what they actually want, and then education about their bodies. There was a very emotional episode uh, for mirror work with them where they stand in front of a mirror and oh, you see. Oh, no. Yeah. But it's about reframing what you're seeing in the mirror. So I know as the their expert was guiding them through, one of them suddenly went like, yeah, I used to do sports all the time and I used to look this way when I was younger and stuff. But like, I see my body now and I see happy because I'm with her. Oh, Right? Shut up. I, I could not stand this couple. They were so cute. Um, um, I, can I ask just round about how old they are? Uh, I believe they were mid-30s. Okay. So they they haven't done any truly like young couples. They I, I like that they're doing a lot more like people who've been together a while and just m more mature age. 
Yeah, like they were... Okay, I have to... I gotta pause. I really did love this couple. There were two moments that were really cute. So they had, um, you know, skin-to-skin contact, getting comfortable, finding positions that they like to, you know, cuddle in and stuff mm-hmm. like that with each other. And at one moment, and it's so sweet, one of them looks down and goes, your boobs look really good today. <laughs> And then one of their update videos that they show, one of them's holding a cell phone and their face is partially in frame. The other one's just coming in. And she goes, who's the most gorgeous lady in the world who just walked in the door? Oh, stop you two. Like, stop you two. So it's, I don't, I don't like Goop, but I really, I really love this couple. They they picked Goop. You know, guests or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Uh, our last two couples. So we have Joey and Mike. Um, Joey is a woman, by the way, just because that was confusing to me initially. 66 plus years old, empty nesters, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. He wants it all the time. She's lacking the desire. And it's about, you know, Mike, take your time, slow down. Like, it's not a task to be finished. That's yeah, it's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, it's build up to it. Um, and Joey was also another one who did a bit of mirror work. Hers wasn't as emotional because I think um, she didn't want to be on camera for certain parts right. of it, which is perfectly valid, whatever. Uh, but it seemed to like, I remember for her, it's like, tell me what do you see in the face? And she's like, well, obviously I see my wrinkles. And then immediate first question asked to her is, and what do those represent to you? And she's like, I'm an experienced woman. She's like, yeah, your experience, this is your life. This is like, you earned all of this. All of this was earned. And you can look at it in a negative way or you can look at Mm -hmm. it as this is my life story here that makes me the beautiful person I am. So... A lot of stuff like that. The final couple is um, Dash and Sarah. Dash. Um, One of them, I do believe, is trans male, but did not self-identify. It was implied, but never explicitly stated. Mm -hmm. Um, Mid to late 30s, but they've only been together a year and a half. And they recognize all of the negative things that they've done in past relationships to break that up. Um, so for Dash, it's a lot of self-criticism, fear of abandonment. And for Sarah, it's loves being an infatuation and obsession and doing all these things to stay alive. Right. But the pressure of being somebody's whole world leads to fear of commitment. And I'm going to just destroy self-destruct this relationship in a way that I know it can never be repaired. Oh, geez. Yeah. So it's, um, their idea was okay we've got to identify our issues have a bit of closure there and then we can move on together as a couple i had an issue with their expert oh we're going to talk about the good first so uh experts uh michaela bohm she was paired with ramya and felicitas uh, long counsel background, works with celebrity couples, uh, has a non-linear movement method, which honestly looks like a lot of um, dance, improvisation, and free uh, movement exercises that have oh just been gi- 
Yeah, they've honestly just kind of been given a uh, meditation new age type lens to them. So I'm like, I know these exercises. I used to do these exercises. Uh, I see how it works because it's a, it's all about feeling comfortable enough in your body to be silly. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, she... On camera focuses, and everything? No, yeah. I'm good. She focuses on the body language between couples and how they react to touch. So she likes to actually see them interacting with each other. Because mm-hmm. um, you can see if they're bracing or something and it's something they right. might not be conscious of. Uh, she uses a lot of imagery. Not my thing. I I shouldn't say not my thing. I prefer imagery rooted in um, a lot of fact type stuff. I don't, I find imagery that's like too out there and too um, metaphorical doesn't work for me. I like my literal imagery. That's what I mean. And by imagery, I mean, what, you, what are you talking about here? Um, Like, we are a goddess and like you are a king sitting on your throne. Like, how does that change your oh. posture? Um, that, I don't see that working for me. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's like sometimes it's kind of like I prefer more literal imagery. Right. <laughs> like I can't, I can't get into this character thing. Yeah. So that's just me. That's my own bias. I know for a lot of people it does work. Um what I do like is um using pet names between couples to bring out affection and certain personality aspects and moods. So now were they asking them to make up pet names or just utilize ones that they already utilizing the ones that they already use. Okay. So it's like, you know, when you're really romantic and intimate, what do you say to your partner? Like what, what's the name that you use for them? Um, And apparently for an example of this Rama, he's like, you know, during the day, it's Felice or like any like 10,000 different short forms of her name. But when it's like intimate as a couple, it's her full name. Interesting. So it's yeah. Interesting thing. Uh, yeah. So she, she's sort of like, I wasn't catching anything super dangerous with her methods. Um, and then, you know, a lot, all of them talk about connecting the mind and the body together, which you see in many practices. Um, you see it in mindfulness, you see it in a lot of things. So there, there is a lot of stuff that's there. That's, you know, it's true. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, and I was surprised this expert was my favorite because she is quite new age, not necessarily on the show, but in life, very new age, was Jaya. And she was paired with uh, Damon and Erica. She is the founder of erotic blueprints. Um, so the idea being you can identify sort of your rough blueprint, where you are, where your partner is, and that can identify kind of where you're missing each other. So the five blueprints are energetic, sensual, sexual, kinky, and shapeshifter, meaning that you like everything. What I did like about her, I really liked about her, because not a lot of people do this, is um, energetic. She's not really talking about energy fields. She's talking about it's that anticipatory energy before sexual touching. Okay. It can be the energy you're feeling when like your partner lightly runs like a finger down the top of your forearm. 
It's about building up that energy. Um, and then when she talks about kinky, she's like, kinky isn't and doesn't have to be whips and chains. Kinky is about what you find taboo, what you find exciting. So it doesn't have to fit this prescribed thing that we all right. think kinky is, which I, I appreciate it. Uh, she also does, she doesn't explicitly state it, but she does make a distinction between sensation and pain. Um, she uses a one to five scale. Um, so she'll get uh, partners to, you know, touch each other on the body and right between one to five, like is how heavy the touch is. How much do you like that touch? How much do you like that sensation? Do you want it to go heavier or or lighter? And, you know, where? And so that partners can actually find those places on each other's body. Um, this is all stuff that um, comes up, I think, most recently in the work of, I have her name here, uh, Lori A. Grotto, PhD. Um, and then I've also seen it with um, people like uh, Barbara Kieschling. I cannot remember if she's master's or a PhD, uh, but you, it's been going on for decades, this kind of work. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about her was uh, she did do what I'm going to refer to as like an almost aura orgasm thing that she demoed with um, her and oh, her partner. No where he doesn't touch her he's touching around her and she's reacting to it Does and it, like in my head when i'm picturing is something very over the top and fake it's very over the top uh, okay i will say um she's audibly breathing which is what makes it feel fake uh however that breathing is uh giving a signal to him that her partner who was doing this on her. And then also I suspect that um, you can, when you get close to somebody, you can feel their body heat. What people often think of as, oh, I can feel your aura, your energy. That's body heat. Um, <laughs> it is. And yeah. it's, I, it's I just think, so funny that people turning something so basic and, and easy to identify into something magical. Yeah, so I'm like, that was where she started getting into like, okay, this is too new agey for me. Um, this is this is a bit much. Uh, but all of her other stuff is very much rooted in things that I've seen throughout sexual therapy and throughout couples therapy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give you a pass because you're not pushing this. You're not pushing this new age thing really hard. You had your 10 minutes to demo it and you've moved on to other stuff. So cool. Happy about that. Uh, the next one is Amaya Peterson. Um, she was uh, paired up with Joy and Mike. She is an intimacy coach and the founder of the Atlanta Institute of Tantra and Divine Sexuality. Uh, she is all about embodiment um, and sensuality. And she does a huge focus on the breath and the idea that you... You know, um, she has a nice anecdote where it's like women, when we learn what orgasms are it's coming from mainstream porn and how do those women orgasm <laughs> which is very tense breathing yeah she focuses on deep breathing from the diaphragm and like that uh like that type of stuff like we want to relax when we orgasm so 
Uh, it did notice on her she is a Reiki master. I don't buy into that. Um, I've seen that word everywhere, but I honestly don't know what it is or what it means. Um, it's basically massaging your energy field. Okay, well, I immediately can tell you that I don't believe in that. No. So, I again, when I have observed it, I think it mostly has to do with feeling the body heat, getting a kinesthetic cue from the body heat, and possibly sharing deep breathing with another person. Um, if it helps you relax, whatever. I'm happy it helps you relax. I'm happy it helps you focus. If you're thinking it's going to cure your cancer, it's not. And that's the thing is like, if it improves your life in some way, that's fantastic. But are the people who are, you know, selling this, are they being predatory? And I think that's what matters. That's what you have to look at when you decide, like, is this okay and harmless or is there a problem? Exactly. Uh Second last one was Darshana. Uh, I'm going to butcher her poor last name. Avila. Uh, she was paired with Camille and Chandra. She is an erotic wellness coach and sexual doula. She says some really great um, things. Pause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to know what that is? I do. Okay. Because to um, me, doula means baby. Yeah, so basically what she helps people do is uh, facilitate sexual pleasure. And one of the things she does, uh, let me go back, Sex, sexological work, which is really, it is a, um, sexological work is really more of a um, media term. Like it's, it, it's a term, it's a buzzword. It is rooted in truth. Um, it comes... She describes it as coming out of the AIDS crisis and helping uh, gay members of the community uh, get over a lot of sexual trauma. Um, I agree with that. However, it also goes into um, sex surrogacy and that in particular becomes useful with people who are covering from traumatic rape and they do not have a partner to do certain exercises with. What this consists of is for her, because she's a professional, um, she puts on gloves, she's constantly asking full consent, and she's helping the person find what they find pleasurable in the, you know, genital and erogenous zones. So they're essentially kind of standing in for a partner. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Um, and it's doula because they're helping to facilitate, basically. Okay. Uh, I can see. So for me, I'm like, she did ex Darshana did excellent demos. I'm like, this is non-sexual for her. She's like, I, this is my job. I'm helping. I'm performing a service. Orgasms may or may not happen. And that's okay. But um, I kind of actually recommend everybody see her sort of active, continual asking for consent because it's an extremely good demonstration of it that she does on video uh That's she nice. also yeah she she's really i was impressed with her she might have some new agey stuff that i didn't pick up on but a lot of her stuff was very practical uh she talks about an active giver and an active receiver in a sexual context and how that can change 
Uh, she talks about breath together, touch together, and how sex is a teachable skill. And how we want to find positions that feel good for both involved that you can do things in. Um, so it's very educative. Now then, before I start going down the rabbit hole of problems, I'm going to jump over to the Goop Lab and talk about their whole thing on um, women's pleasure. Their expert was Betty Dodson. Betty Dodson lived from 1929 to 2020. She's a pro-sex feminist. She is a badass. I loved everything she said. Um, and her whole thing was she started doing body sex workshops in the 70s, and it was about teaching women to masturbate. So I get how this can be very weird for a lot of people that it's like a group of women, 15, coming in naked, and they even do a vulva show and tell because the idea is these are what real vulvas look like, not what's in porn, not what's been surgically altered. This is what it looks like to help feel okay in the body sitting around and talking about like, yeah, I have days where it doesn't feel like my skin fits me, but guess what? I'm here, I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm completely coherent. Like, I know what I want. Uh, she very, 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 very much promotes women knowing how to masturbate so that they are able to ask for what they want and what they need. Uh, so she was great. And they had her business partner, Carlin Ross, there as well. Uh, so a choice quote from Betty is women need to run the fuck. <laughs> it's just like, you are great lady. I love you. Uh, I'm thinking back. I'm like, yeah, when I was young and I just started to masturbate, it was awful. Like it, I didn't think it was at the time, but like think looking back now, I'm like, you had no idea what the fuck you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's amazing. Um, in that episode as well, I just want to highlight a couple things. Is um, 2005, Helen O'Connell. That was when the first entire map of the whole clitoris was performed. Wait, when was this? 2005. That's sad. That's the first time That's we've had so an entire sad. map of the of the clitoris and that was something i was shocked by i didn't know that it was so recent other right? people might think it's not recent but to me that's recent that's why i asked you to repeat it because i was like mm, what now <laughs> yeah. uh that that's that's anatomy yeah it's you care about women's bodies so little that no expert anywhere ever decided to map out this I don't know. I don't get it. That's sad. Yeah. Um, this is where I also want to throw back to Jaya, who had the single best vulva puppet demonstration puppet I have ever seen. Um, you could actually pull out the entire structure of the clitoris to show somebody. And I was like, that is cool. That is awesome. I want your puppet now for education purposes. You know, um, I have actually seen that a lot on TikTok recently. Oh. Of people with um, either like puppets or like funny stuffed organ looking things or um, that are meant to look like cute plushies or just more anatomically correct models. And I see them demonstrating either sexual things or also 
you know, periods and all that kind of stuff like that, that um, it, it's amazing how more education is out there than I ever could have had access to. Oh, yeah. It, um, it's incredible. And it's nice that people are doing that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh, they get reported and taken down constantly, even though it's purely educational. Uh, but it's it's awesome. Um, so there is the Betty Dodson method is what she would teach. And it's um, orgasming with a uh, it's orgasming with a dildo and a Hitachi and doing the rock and roll. Method. Get one of those, man. Yeah. And doing the rocket, quote unquote, rock and roll method. What's really cool about this is in 2007, a study was done on the Betsy, Betsy Dodson method with 500 women. 93% of those women had an orgasm during the session. That is fantastic. Yep. Um, and then in 2021, so this was after Dodson's death. Um, her vocabulary for pleasurable vaginal intercourse, which includes stimulation of the clitoris, she would use angling, rocking, shallowing, pairing. This vocabulary was confirmed in that study that that's a more that's a better vocabulary for women to be using when when describing how to get an orgasm. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff uh, in that episode. They did have Isabel Frappier. And what was interesting was um, she does a thing where through giving hand or foot massages, you learn how to ask for what you want, but you also learn how to ask for consent. And I thought that was a really nice. I just wanted to highlight that because I thought that's a really nice way. If you're confused about asking that with a partner, there's, you know, a hand massage, a foot massage, pretty innocuous. Like your clothes mm -hmm. are on, you can sit on the couch, you can have something playing in the background. Like that might be a good way to start. Yeah. All right. We've gotten the good out of the way. Oh, I forgot there was bad. Oh, let's go bad. on. So, Katarina Wittich is the fifth and final expert in this, uh, in the first Goop series I'm going over. Paired with uh, Dash and Sarah, <sighs> she does conscious dance, which I read about it. She didn't do it on the show. I read about it. I was like, okay, you're doing Isadora Duncan's method, but you've repackaged it and repurposed it. Got ya. Uh, but combined in terms of what she does with her therapy is Rosin Method and Family Constellations. Oh, what now? Oh, we're going to get into that. All right, this is going to be bad, too, because it's the bad section. So it starts off good enough where it's like we we recognize that we have armor built around us. We recognize that we've created bad habits. We need to find the root cause of it and release release that. Find closure to that. Let go of that, whatever term you want to use in a physical and mental way. Um, so seeing patterns from your parents and others, and you're repeating them in your relationship. So, so far, you know, this is all stuff that we've heard. This is all classic therapy, classic couples therapy. No problem, right? So, and I would imagine that this therapy method is quite expensive. So she brings in the person or the couple into a group. This group is filled with people who are quote unquote resonators. And I already hate this. 
Resonators. <laughs> yep. And the the person or couple, um, basically, sorry, if they do a couple, it'll be individual, one at a time. So the person will go and they will choose, just pick somebody who you resonate with to be you. And then you put your hands on them and they are you. And they talk about how they're feeling and how they're acting. And you're able to, from an external viewpoint, look at yourself. The resonators apparently do not know any of the backstory. Only the facilitator, Katerina, and the couple would know. So we are told. Then you go and you resonate with somebody who's like, you know, it uh, could be your mother, could be your father, could be an aunt or an uncle. And you start going backwards through your family line to find the start of all this trauma that's come down to you. What? Through these resonators. And my major problem with this is uh, Katarina keeps saying, I, I'm not woo-woo. I'm a skeptic. So when I saw this and I saw this working, I thought I really had to learn this and study this because it works. I feel that sounds like a sales pitch. Yes. And also I have a major issue with the resonating. I almost feel like the people are plants for lack of a better right. term. This is all my opinion. They might not be. I don't know. I've never spoken to them. I will probably never meet them in my life. So that's just, I was getting some plant vibes. The other issue I had was when Dash and Sarah were talking about stuff, they would say things like, it was so neat to see, you know, how stuff my great grandmother was dealing with came down to me. Except you didn't see that. You yeah. saw people making an extrapolation and you saw people describing feelings that you were then able to put onto your own interpretation right it's it's leading it is it's definitely leading um we don't have time to break down into it but that was where things started getting you know insidious for me and uncomfortable for me yeah so but what I want you to pay attention to is how much good did I talk about in that one series? And then we got to that. Yeah. Like it's it's all kind of hidden away, you know, and I feel like the other key point that I have and we'll get into this with Goop Lab even more is Dash said Goop can do that for us. And that is my issue is they don't know where they can go. So there's this element of blind trust to a company yeah. that is trying to make money. They don't know enough to separate the science from the pseudoscience, and they're going to trust everything, and they're trusting it to a brand. Which is just, I mean, in general, a bad idea. Yeah, so... Now, I mean, of course, they kept that in the show, too. If they did, they either told them to say that or they were like, oh, my God, that's the perfect quote. We're definitely keeping that. Yeah. Like there were a couple moments where um, they they followed along one woman in the, the Goop Lab episode on women's pleasure. 
uh, where she's like, yeah, I really love the fact that Goop is a company that, you know, puts women's pleasure ahead. Like, I'm not quoting her, but like, you know, at the right. forefront and stuff like that. And I was like, OK, so they told you to work the name in when you made that statement. Yeah. Like they, they told you to work the name in. Uh, which was funny because I was like, Betty Dodson doesn't need your help, Goop. Betty Dodson. <laughs> <laughs> like she comes in with a crew cut and she's she was actually being like, because they're like, well, what should we do to help combat bad vulvular body image? And she's like, show vulvas, show different vulvas from yeah. different women that are real. And as she's talking, they flash up a montage. Oh, my God. And I was like. You know what, Goop? That's pretty cool. I feel it's because Dodson told you to do it, that you did it. But that, like, you know, good for you, Dodson, for making that happen. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that could have been beneficial, like, as a kid. Yeah. I really do. Well, I think, um, what was it? Only a couple years ago, I found this website where it's um, women and not anonymously shared pictures of their breasts. And I was sort of taken aback because I was like, I, I up until that point, I was like, I've never seen bare breasts that looked like mine before. Aww. So I was like, I'm not like I, w I was like, I wish I could go back to teenage me and be like, you're not weird. Like, like you're not ugly. You're not ugly because of this thing. This is normal. You're you're only seeing the media filtered version. Uh, so I can imagine that was a very powerful moment for a lot of women. I feel the need to reassure you that you have nice boobies. Aw, thank you. <laughs> but I want to give credit to Betty Dodson. I'm not giving credit <laughs> to Goop, all right? Yes. <laughs> um, now we're going to move into the Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. That's the full title. Oh, great. I mean, it's a celebrity. I mean, she started it, so there's that. But even if she hadn't, they're going to plaster her name on everything because it's a celebrity endorsement. Exactly. I So, six episodes again. Uh, different topic each episode, different experts each episode. And then you're seeing, like, a group of so anywhere between three to five Goop staffers trying out things. That's so interesting that they had the staff do it. It is. Um, I kind of get it because um, the other person in this case who was with Gwyneth doing the talks with the experts was their um, marketing person. So I have a feeling there was a marketing strategy behind that to be like, see, we all we're like you. We do these things, blah, 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 blah relatability i was just gonna say we're so relatable exactly now before i get into detail i'm going to read out the six topics so that you can have your pre-reaction to it <laughs> i hope ready. you're ready <laughs> so episode one is about psychedelics and their use in therapy cool i'm, I'm okay with that one Episode two is, um, for lack of a better term, snoga and um, using uh. cold shock and breathing to help deal with stress. Okay. Episode three, which we spoke about, was on women's pleasure, so I'm not going to cover that now. Uh, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't a bad episode. Uh, 
Number four is biological ages. And is that pretty straightforward? Like it means what it's called? Yep. And like, how do we biologically turn back the clock? Oh. (laughs) Okay. Episode five, which I'm sure you're going to love, is about energy fields. Hmm. And then finally, episode six is about how we are all psychic and they have a medium as the expert. No! Okay, no. Pause. I've heard that before. I gotta stop doing that. I don't know where why I started doing this whole pause thing. I like it. Um, God, fuck what I was gonna say then. Um, so I've heard this before, this whole, like, everyone's capable of being psychic, you just have to tap into it, and things like that. That terrifies me. I don't want to be psychic. I don't I don't want to talk to dead people. I don't want to know like what people are thinking cuz that's just going to that's that's just too complicated. I don't want to see like other planes of existence. No. 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 <laughs> Give me my normal boring senses and I'm good. So you're going to love it when we get there. Oh, no. I feel that you can already tell from the topics how we kind of start with some science and, and then, then we go through the rails into just like, this is completely unproven, unfounded territory right. here. This is just keep bringing me back to it was a daytime TV show. It wasn't Maury. It Montel or something? Yes, Montel! And he had Sylvia Brown on there, who's a psychic, and she'd come every once in a while, and she'd, like, tell people in the audience stuff about their lives and answer questions. And um, She also said there were, like, fairies were real, and there's magical people walking around all around us. And that terrified me as a kid. That was so scary. I'm like, they're here, but I can't see them. They're watching you! Even if I did see them, I bet it scared the shit out of me. I wonder how many people like got a kind of activated paranoia type thing me, from, at from least those one. concepts. Like, you know at least one. Yeah, you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Psychedelics in therapy. So they're experts. I did research their experts. They are legitimate experts. We have um, Will Sue and Mark Haddon. Mark Haddon, I was a bit surprised by, he is Canadian. Um, And he is the former executive director of the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Uh, Mouthful. Yeah, he was there for 10 years. They use the short form MAPS. I'm not going to use that because it is a Uh, short form that is used elsewhere. So, uh, Yeah, just know if I accidentally let maps slip out, I'm talking about the Multidisciplinary Association. (laughs) Not not the other one. Yeah, no, we're not talking about the other one. Uh, On faculty with um, University of BC, uh, 28 years plus um, counseling and supervisory role for addiction services. Anybody who knows about um, BC, it's kind of, uh, especially uh, Southern BC, kind of ground zero for... um, uh, addiction in Canada. Um, Not as and, nice. 
Yeah, and a lot of those crises. So he definitely, he has the experience there. Um, Will Sue, anytime I hear that somebody is in psychotherapy and uh, has Freudian type stuff, I get that psychotherapy's come a long way from that. It just, my personal bias is kind of like, eh. Yeah. Eh, I just... That, that sort of there's always going to be some hesitation there. Yeah, there's always going to be hesitation. Um, did go to medical school, is a psychiatrist, so he can give prescriptions. Uh, went to UCLA and Oxford. He is somebody who believes that medications, and they do view psychedelics as medications, have a place but are not a long term solution. Um, okay. His way of using them is somebody. There's two ways of using a psychedelic in a therapeutic fashion. Um, one is microdosing, which I was disappointed by Goop because there are, in fact, studies, and they were going on at this time in Canada, of microdosing in a hospital clinical setting under supervision. Um, instead, they went to a woman who has been microdosing on her own under her own supervision for six years in the United States. And I felt like as much as you want to shine a light on this type of thing, you would have gotten more legitimacy showing what's right. showing that going on in a medical setting. Uh, that's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is um, a person takes it and they're going to have, it's a controlled dose, controlled setting, um, and an appropriate set of expect of expectations. Right. Uh, two therapists are present, monitoring everything, and that's good. They have a trip, and they start talking about their, you know, psychological issues, the things bothering them, and what they find is because they're on that that kind of a drug, they don't have say. Um, an example is a, a man with PTSD. He was like. I wouldn't have my panic or reaction about talking about this stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. So he was actually able to talk about it. So those are the two ways. Um, it is, there are clinical trials currently going on in North America. There are a lot of them happening right now, a lot of study being done. So this is a legitimate thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now then, so the Goop team's going to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Where do you think they went to do this? Uh, somewhere calm and quiet and relaxing? You're right. They also went to Jamaica. Why? Well, they wanted to have a more, quote unquote, ceremonial experience. Gross. Yep. Um, <laughs> the other thing I do not like that comes up a lot in this is there is this whole whole rhetoric about the western stereotype of separating the mind and the body and how in the east they don't do this and how the indigenous peoples knew about this stuff and they have this connection and i have a problem with that because a that's massive generalization um, yes b in particular with indigenous people there are hundreds upon hundreds of different groups and they consider themselves to be separate nations from each other. Some of them might believe that, others probably don't. So you're making a gross generalization. For sure. Um, thirdly, I really, really, really hate it 
when I hear um, mind-body disconnection Western stereotype because that's not necessarily true. And that came up in the Women's Pleasure episode where they had a woman who she grew up in Shanghai, very conservative. And she's like, I can't remember receiving any sexual health education. And I feel like my body was wrong and all of these things. Mm -hmm. The instant thing that the experts are like, we have met hundreds of women from all different cultural backgrounds, all different ethnic backgrounds. Not one of those places has this acceptable thing. And that is a type of mind body connection. So I'm just like, you need to specify what you're referring to there. Um, That rhetoric also feeds into this whole mystical and intelligent Eastern people's rhetoric. And that actually feels very spiritual Taurus to me. That's a fantastic way of putting it. I I was like, you you have me out at this point, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We've lost Miri. I... I, I assume you agree with me on that. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I, I saved this because um, I didn't want to tell you the name of the expert of the next episode because I want to hear your reaction to him. Oh, no. So the cold shock stuff, um, it is essentially a uh, offshoot of exposure therapy. So basically you practice breathing with um, active yoga and then you expose yourself to extreme cold because extreme cold will, doesn't matter who you are, you will immediately have a stress response to that. So you're basically testing your calming techniques in a real life stressful situation and learning okay. to control your response that way. Um, I want to note that there, this guy has had multiple studies done on him. He does work closely with doctors and scientists. I believe he is from Norway, but I could be wrong. I will note he does make some extreme claims that I don't think are true. Um, so as much as I... Yes, your mindset and your mood can make your symptoms or your perception of your symptoms worse. Like, yeah, if, if you're... Yeah, like if you're injured and you're in a shit mood, you're going to feel more tired. You're going to feel more hurt. You're going to feel all of these things. That's true. So, you know, that's why they say to try and have a positive attitude and to, you know, relax your breathing and everything because it it just takes the edge off. So, yes, this is true. Yes, it's true that if you do exposure to um, any kind of pain therapy, really, you're going to deaden the nerves. (laughs) That's my term not theirs but yes this is all true and the breathing is proven where it's off with me is his extreme ends of claiming to boost the immune system Mm. and a big a big emphasis on like alkaline we want to get more alkaline that is such bullshit yeah i was like okay you've gone a bit too far um i will say though because i did a little bit of research on the studies done on his stuff those extreme things have not been proven. In fact, they're they have been disproven as far as I'm concerned. I've listened and read and and watched a lot of stuff about the alkaline thing that people are doing, and they want alkaline water, and they want this. And that. It's bullshit. It's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> There's yeah. no science to back it up at all. Uh, so yeah, it's um, 
that's the dangerous part of it. I will give him kudos for not hiding from like the medical testing or the scientific testing on his method. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good on you. Uh, he is Dutch and his name is Iceman Wim Hof. He is is also- Iceman a nickname or is that his legal name? That is his nickname. Okay. Um, he has held 18 Guinness World Records for various endurance activities. Um, That's he neat. Is, yeah, he is described as a motivational speaker and extreme athlete. He still holds his Guinness World Record for um, half marathon barefoot in snow. Yeah, you can keep it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, exposure therapy using the gradual cold exposure to induce a stress response so that you can practice your breathing techniques. Um, And then that helps it, you know, it's real world world transference of your skill. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, having a positive mindset. I would take the extreme ends with a grain of salt. Like I said, even his own studies that he's been part of have disproven it. So that take that, lot. yeah. Take that with what you will. All right, we're jumping over women's pleasure because we spoke about that at length. What on this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> uh, biological age, anti-aging. Now, this one was weird for me because some of this stuff is quite new. So. I, I couldn't, it was harder for me to separate the fact from the fiction, the pseudoscience from the right. reality. So I'm going to need your help on this one is what I'm saying. Oh, I am an expert. <laughs> so there were two kind of experiments going on here. Uh, they had three people from Goop, Gwen. Uh, Elise, who is the like marketing PR person I mentioned before, and Wendy, uh, who I can't remember where she was from, but she was from a more like back end department. And what they did was they got a measure of their biological ages, and then they did three different kind of diets that are said to, you know, be good for you. And then they also did three different types of facial body treatments and then measured their uh, biological ages at the end to see if it worked. So the experts were two biologists. Biologists. Uh, One is Walter Longo. He's Italian-American. And the other one is Morgan Levine. And she uh, developed this biological age test. I'm going to talk about her first. Um, She is a Yale scientist. In 2022, so after this was filmed, she joined Altos Labs, which is an anti-aging biotech startup. So this is all very new. Um, Her point of looking at biological age is biological age can predict the risk of disease or death um and so yeah the notion being that if we're looking for this um we are able to look at more able to look at the causes and hopefully prevent uh age-based diseases 
Um, so things like Alzheimer's, cancer, uh, I think there's a saying in the medical field amongst my relatives who are in the medical field that like, eventually you will live long enough for cancer to kill you. Like everybody ends up with cancer. How depressing. I know, right? So depressing. Now, she never specifies what the blood test looks for. So the blood test is performed and it tests for nine things to create an indication of biological age. She does not specify these. She mentions inflammatory metabolism, cardiovascular health, maybe liver, but never goes into explicit detail. That might be because there's proprietorship stuff. I don't know, but there's <clears throat> not a lot actually going on. Uh, she, her, there is a free calculator online and she does have a book. Um, I ha myself haven't done it. And then she has licensed her work to Elysium Health. But again, I there's no details, so I can't exactly say how accurate it is, how trustworthy it is. And I don't know a lot about this kind of biological anti-aging type thing. Right. Like it's it's this is new stuff, basically. Well, not new, but it is relatively new to this extreme. So, yeah. Sorry, I can't say much on that. I can't really debunk it because I'm like, I... But you want to. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It just sounds too good to be true. And I get that everybody needs to make money. I really do. That's the thing is, it sounds like a sales pitch to me. Yeah. Um, but now Morgan doesn't sound as much of a sales pitch as Volter. So <laughs> we're going to get to him in a minute. Uh, so Gwyneth Paltrow... Uh, she does a, um, fa a fat, what is it? A fasting mimicking diet for five days. And it's actually the diet that Walter Longo created. So we'll talk about that in more detail later. Um, and then she gets the patil rich blood facial, which from everything I could find is in such early stages. I can't say if it works I've, or not. <laughs> I have heard of the blood facial before. That's something I've at least heard about. Okay, good. Uh, I couldn't find anything really saying if it works or not. I I mean, most stuff like that, it's some people are going to swear by. It's a hard thing to prove. Yeah. So, mm. in particular, it's um, supposed to get rid of skin blotchiness. And I'm kind of like... That's a bit of a uh, perception-based thing. I kind of feel it's a little subjective how blotchy your skin is. I, yes. I have done dermal rolling before. Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. You've done it. Fancy. Yeah. So it's just tiny needles on a roller and there's a bunch of them. Um, and so the idea is that you're boosting collagen production by... Um, you're not going through all layers of skin. You're not supposed to bleed or anything while this happens or else you're pressing too hard or, or you have the wrong uh, size roller. Um, but your collagen production is boosted when you cause that 
I don't want to call it trauma to the skin, but when, when you do this to the, your skin, uh, your body will naturally produce more collagen and it'll make your skin look, you know, smoother and tighter and, you know, quote unquote younger. Oh, and cool. I honestly swear by it. It works <laughs> so well. And it's not like I got a facelift kind of look, but it was easy to tell that I had done it. If I, I would do it regularly, I could tell a difference. And then if I didn't do it for a long time, I, I could tell that I hadn't done it in a long, long time. Um, and you could do it on your whole body because it's just skin. Uh, well, obviously avoid like your eyelids or anything crazy like that. And here I wanted anti-aging on my <laughs> eyelids. Damn it, Shar. I know. I I'm want sorry. younger eyelids. That's where I, that's my dreams. problem area. <laughs> um so I, I my if i remember correctly a blood facial was very minimally and just on a surface level nicking the skin and then using blood to f to f like fill those in uh yeah, so what they describe it as you um, take blood from the patient. So it's right. it's the patient's it's your own, own blood. blood. Yeah. It's your own blood. Um, run it through a centrifuge to separate out the uh, patils, and then that's what's on the face, what you just described. Oh, uh, okay. No, the patels, not the patils. Um, so I could see Platelets! I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Platelets. Uh, <laughs> This is what I get. I, I do see that that could potentially work, but the whole blood aspect, I think, might be a fad. Because with derma ruling, you're supposed to do it with a serum or with something. And it's also, as you're boosting your collagen production, you're also getting that whatever you're using deep into your skin. Yeah. Um, because some things you put on your face or your body straight up just won't absorb and they're all a gimmick. Uh, so this is a way to kind of get some of those effective ingredients really deep in there and, and get them absorbed well so they can do whatever they're intended to do. Uh, I don't do it anymore because I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, but it's actually, it was actually effective. So I could see this being a legit thing. Um, now, I don't think it's going to keep you from getting cancer or save your life or keep you from getting sick. But as far as looking younger, I could see that working. Uh, Elise did the pescatarian diet for 21 days and okay. uh, she did an acupuncture facial and it's funny because you basically described what it was is the, oh, okay. um, the needles are meant to stimulate collagen production mm -hmm. uh, Wendy did vegan for 21 days um, and she did a threading facial that uh, I, I know what threading is as far as like hair removal. I've never heard of it for a facial. So hers was three threads on either side of her face around the lower cheek area and upper jaw area. Um, the threads go through um, not all the layers of skin, but between them. They pull the threads so you get a bit of a facelift action and then the threads are going to slowly dissolve and the threads being there stimulates collagen production. It was probably How? the most invasive facial, I would say. It sounds much. invasive. It, it, it looked it. <laughs> How how long are these threads in place for? I, 
I can't remember if it was six or eight months they take to dissolve. No. Yeah. So part of me wonders if uh, it's the collagen or if it's the fact that like your skin has literally been pulled been a pulled. few centimeters. Yeah. So that was that. Um, I want to highlight poor Wendy here. Um, so she did vegan. Um, but I don't think she was prepared for uh, replacing protein in her diet. Um, so she didn't necessarily see the positive benefits of veganism, um, probably because, for example, I myself can't ever really completely go without meat because I'm a picky eater. I admit that about myself. I will not get the eight essential amino acids I need for protein, basically. And I feel that's what happened to Wendy was um what was she um complaining about as far as the diet how she felt uh she felt fine but i think it was um she she wasn't getting proper protein from what they were showing there it's like oh you know vegetables and uh dairy-free ice cream and stuff like that like all good things but i just don't i don't think she was getting enough protein in her diet um when I uh, became vegan, protein was never an issue. I had plenty of it and it was never a problem. I was exhausted the first like two months and I couldn't figure out why. And it was because the foods I was eating now were not nearly as calorie dense. So even though I may be eating the same amount or more, there's not enough calories in the food I was eating. So I was just in a huge calorie deficit. So I had no energy because I had no energy to burn. I had no calories to burn. Um, so for me, the only issue I had had nothing to do with protein and everything to do with just vegetables don't have as much calories as the processed foods and meats that I was eating previously. And it could have been a calorie thing. The only reason why I mentioned the protein was it was casually mentioned by one of the experts. And I was like, maybe that's it, because we're not well, seeing all the food she's eating. That's what people normally jump to whenever they hear about a vegetarian or vegan diet. They're always like, but what about protein? It's like protein is in everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, oh, no, I completely recognize that. It's just I'm one of those people where I'm like, I'm super picky. Yeah, I, I know. I know what will happen. I completely know what will happen. And yeah, I apologize to my animal friends, but you're just such an efficient source of protein. And I'm sorry. I was thinking about that not that long ago, how I'm not a picky eater. And I always, you know, make sure I have some kind of vegetable with every meal and all that. But I don't remember. I don't know if I was just always like that because I don't remember my parents ever making me like clean my plate or making me finish my vegetables or even get any on my plate. Um, I don't remember that ever happening. So it either I don't remember it or I was naturally okay with always eating my vegetables. <laughs> but you hear so much about kids fighting it. Yeah. And I was like, did I just never fight it? Was I a perfect child or... <laughs> Maybe you were a perfect child. Or I'm just I'm just blocking out all the memories of being forced to eat my vegetables. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, I am this is why I've saved um Walter. So quick note on Gwyneth Paltrow. I do have an issue with her detoxing and cleanses. I will recognize she is a woman in Hollywood. And 
It is a great way to lose water weight before filming, before going into a photo shoot, before going into all of these other things. I dislike the whole like health benefit thing. I think that we need to be a little bit more um, moderated with her feelings on fasting and detoxing. But I do recognize why she would do it because detoxing by and large is is a scam and, and oh a yeah fad. but intermittent fasting has been proven to have a it's very popular right now um, oh yeah and it's proven to have benefits however the benefits are disproportionately um for men mm-hmm. males respond better and this is obviously on general terms it depends on the person and their methods and all these things but generally men see significantly more benefits from fasting than women do because of biology yeah (laughs) um yeah so it's fasting detox is mostly just your body doesn't naturally and everything you're doing to try and boost it is just nonsense and a waste of money but fasting done correctly has been shown to have benefits because again biology we've had periods of hunger throughout all of human history and our bodies have adapted to um, be able to survive and withstand that. Yeah. And that's what leads me into Volter Longo and his fasting mimicking diet or FMD, which for some reason sounds like a really naughty acronym. And I don't know why it sounds that way to me. It could be just like, just like maps apparently has two meanings. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it easily could be. Yeah. Uh, so he, stu- I, I actually quoted this, studies the role of fasting and nutrient response genes on cellular protection, aging and diseases and for proposing that longevity is regulated by similar genes and mechanisms in many eukaryotes. I hope I said that right. Um, by the way, uh, Eukaryote is an organism who has whose cells have a nucleus. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask because I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> uh, I want to note that his FMD is trademarked by L Nutra, which is partially owned by Volter, and it has a financial interest by USC. Now, I bet you're wondering what is USC. So happy <laughs> you asked, Volter. <laughs> Walter has been on the faculty at USC Davis School of uh, Journology since 1997, as well as on faculty at Ethel Percy Andrus uh, Gerontology Center, Has is also a member of USC's Biology of Aging program and is also the director of USC's Longevity Institute. So there's a lot of people with a vested interest in El Nutra and the monetization of FMD. Um, uh, this reminds me I'm sorry to interrupt yeah that's this fine reminds me I'm trying to remember his name is Forrest Valkyrie he is a scientist and he um, he's on like YouTube and TikTok and stuff and um, it just focused on educating people and one thing he's done a lot of YouTube videos on is reacting and responding to um, people who don't believe in evolution so creationists and um 
there was a video he was reacting to where they're talking about a scientist with a PhD and everything who doesn't really believe in evolution and, and tries to um, dismiss away, you know, fossil evidence and things like that. And Forrest Valkyrie, the guy running this reaction, looks up the doctor or the professor they're talking about, and he works for and the paper he's referring to is the paper he wrote and the thing that published the paper he wrote it wasn't like some scientific journal it was a christian journal from a christian university and it's oh like oh well, there's no conflict of interest <laughs> there they just you know signed his paycheck but whatever oh. this is what it reminds me of it's like mm. yeah uh, <laughs> i'm the expert for myself to say that i am right yeah and um he does note uh, calorie restriction is very powerful, but it's also very dangerous. As, oh, yeah. So his I mean, fat, yeah, which is why his fasting mimicking diet is a five day one. Um, okay. And when you do it, you get a box. Um, it's probably oh. a size of a shoe box. And in it are five smaller boxes with your calorie intake for each of those five days. Um, so it's all food that he sells. Yes. You're beginning to see it now. Fuck this guy. Um, I would also like to know he recommends that you do the diet two to three times a year. I feel like there was a company like Metafast or something like that that had the same sort of thing. It was just calorie restrictive diet, but they sold you all the food. Yeah. Um, the thing is... Uh, it's extreme calorie restriction for those five days. I think like five hundred calories or something. At one point, Gwyneth Paltrow goes down to I think it's five hundred. Yeah, uh, and that is when she is her most hangry. <laughs> of course, and uh, I I loved the when her her daughter was filming her and talking to her. You could tell daughter wanted to be sarcastic, but wasn't going to antagonize the hangry mother, <laughs> the beast. Yeah. Don't poke the bear. Yeah. Um, so the the key to his food and the big selling point is it's calorie restricted. However, it has all of the nutrients your body needs. So you're not nutrient deficient, but you're calorie deficient. Well, I'm no doctor, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure we need calories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow also said that the um, did not like the soup. So, <laughs> and I mean, she is the queen of detoxing, cleanses, fasting, all that stuff. So if she doesn't like your soup, that is saying something. That's all I have to say. <laughs> now, we've started getting more and more pseudoscience-y throughout this episode yes we are in the full pseudoscience um this is where i have to do a disclaimer for the next two episodes we're about to talk about these are our opinions uh everything has allegedly in front of it and we're gonna get started now so if you don't want to hear energy fields or mediums bad mouth now is the time to say goodbye and come back when we talk about uh, what things put in their body, what people put in their bodies um, when we come back in January. So there you go. Okay, see you in January. Yep. Bye. Bye. Okay, now that all of us catty bitches are here. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man, energy fields. I was, there is not enough time to explain all of my issues with this. Um, I did sit down and watch this episode in the medium episode with another person who actually was able to break down all the grifting basically going on. Um, and I, I actually watched energy fields twice because I wanted to oh. see what he was doing in it. Uh, cause I was really kind of frustrated. <laughs> so we're getting into dangerous pseudoscience here. Um, there are some claims made by some of the people who come on about this hearing um, depression, hearing chronic pain, hearing PTSD, digestive issues, and more. These claims are also on the practitioner John Amaral's website. And this is dangerous. Yeah. It is yeah, I, it's dangerous. I don't think either of us need to go into detail about why it's dangerous, but th these claims are dangerous. Uh, they also it preys on desperate, vulnerable people who, uh, shockingly, don't want to die. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the good end of it is it is all based on muscular contraction and release. Um muscular contraction and release is going to lead to um, feeling tension release in the body. Um, which also, you know, you're probably going to feel a mood release attached to that because you're not all in, like, you know, solid. You're going to feel more relaxed, which is going to improve your mood. The association with energy and a cure for depression is wrong because um, that was heavily implied. Uh, in addition, that kind of muscular contraction and release, you're going to get a dopamine release as well, as well as a few other happy hormones in there. Um, and again, the association with the practitioner and his methods don't have to do with that. You can get the same thing from... Uh, I had a bunch of these in my head, didn't write it down because I'm not as awesome as Shore, but... Um, there's a dance technique called the Graham technique, which is all based on muscular contraction and release. You can probably get the same effect from doing that. Um, although if you're in like a lot of pain, you'd probably want to start with like a very adapted beginner class. But again, so the expert who I mentioned, John MRL, he's the practitioner. Uh, they bring in uh, Dr. Uh, Lekos who is uh, the founder and owner of Bio, Bios Functional Medicine. He has a lot of certificates and he says functional medicine is, quote, looks at the whole person, not the symptoms, and addresses the true underlying problem as the source of the symptoms and or disease. Uh, he talks about like how we can see energy fields and how he's doing cutting edge like work oh boy. with John about seeing these energy fields. Uh, see, I was okay with him talking about you not know, focusing on the symptoms and, and you know, uh, treating the whole body and all that kind of stuff. That in and of itself didn't raise any red flags for me. But he's telling me he could see my energy fields. Yeah. And <laughs> no. I think there's even like a photo that's brought out at one point, too. Oh, well, then it's real. If it's, oh, yeah, if, clearly. If there's a photo. Yeah. Uh, 
if nobody's going to see this, it looked like um, hair under a microscope. Basically, it's the best way for me to describe it. I can picture that exactly. So that, that's a good description because I think everyone has seen that at some point. Oh, perfect. Yay. <laughs> I, I want to note something about Dr. Lekos. Uh, on his website, he talks at the bottom, at the very bottom, there is a disclaimer on his website. And it talks about adipose-derived stem cell therapies which does not get mentioned in this episode because the episode is focused on energy fields. But I just thought that was just something that stuck out to me when I looked at his website was that that was there. Um, John MRL. Uh, so he was originally a chiropractor and discovered an energy flow formula. And this whole thing has been a 25 year I've development for him. I've heard so much stuff about people saying chiropractors or like fake doctors or it's all made up as well. I've never been to a chiropractor, so I don't know. But uh, there seems to be a lot of hate out there for chiropractors. Um, it's because there's not a lot of certification requirements. Uh, so I'm sure that there are ethical and good chiropractors out there. But there are a lot who do not know enough about the human body or human anatomy who do very dangerous techniques, such as the I'm going to hold your skull and crank your neck to one side. Um, like on that 70s show when Eric yeah. did it to Donna. Yeah, it's uh, people have become paralyzed from that. I just associate everything with movies or, or shows <laughs> that I've seen, apparently. Yeah, um, there was another one. There's another technique that I saw where they put a strap under the jawline and yank the person down a board. <laughs> no. That is, again, a lot of pressure on the cervical spine. And yes, you can break one of your vertebrae and not become paralyzed. But if you break the spinal column that goes through those vertebrae, you are in trouble. It is, it is a very real risk. So you can't just go off of, oh, I swear by this guy. I swear by this person, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, no, no. You need to do your research. Um, and they need to have very intimate knowledge of anatomy because a lot of them, it's just like bones are strong, blah, blah, blah. And humans are strong and can apply a lot of pressure. So which can do a lot of damage. Um, so he moved into this energy flow thing. Now, he talks about fight or flight. Uh, that's actually been updated in recent years to be fight, flight or freeze. And then I cannot, I couldn't find it, but I did a, uh, a course, uh, part of my job on um, PTSD. There's actually a fourth one that's been added to that. Um, so, but he just talks about fight or flight and how we have to use that energy to flow instead of getting into our fight or flight state. Um, basically, what he is talking about is breathing, mindfulness, muscle contraction and release uh, combined with refiltering um, that, you know, tensed up energy that we would use to, to fight or run away. Except he's refiltered and repackaged it to this whole body energy flow thing. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, it's. And that's really what it sounds like to me. I, uh, back when I could afford therapy, (laughs) America, um, uh, they would have, I, I was in group therapy after my, my, uh, stay at a certain <laughs> certain hospital where they take your shoelaces um <laughs> uh after that i was released they had me in group therapy five days a week and they would do our it was mindfulness so much yeah so much they would focus on that and that's that's what a lot he's talking about we're gonna calm the body get into the present blah 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 right yeah they would tell you to like one thing they put on music and they told us to pick an instrument and focus on just that one and think don't think about anything else just focus on that one instrument and the song and what it's doing and what it sounds like and how it makes you feel um they would also try and get you to be very aware of your physical body so how do your clothes feel against your skin? Um, if your hand is resting on the chair, what does the material of the chair feel like? And just basically no, no thought beyond just what you can physically identify and be 100% sure of. Um, there's no interpretation. There's no emotion. It's just kind of like this chair is made of wood so it is cold and it is smooth and this you know yeah (laughs) um and then again being aware of your breathing or or putting your mind on something that isn't going to cause any any stress or again pretty much any real complicated thought at all yeah um and i can tell that that's what he's trying to do but he's He's making it sound mystical he really talks himself up like uh, gross yeah like he really talks himself up um i will admit again there are dance improvisation that use this whole idea of um mirroring uh a person you know moving their body around yours and you're trying you're trying to fill the negative space around them I get it. So basically what you're saying is everyone needs to go out and take a dance class. Essentially, yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody needs to go out and take dance class. Um, however, what's very insidious for me is uh, I was watching him and he's saying, oh, I'm not touching them. I'm not touching them. Then he says, well, I'm going to just do a quick activation at the forehead and the sacrum. And I'm like, OK, you're queuing." You, you touch them, you're cueing. Yeah. He describes what he's going to do before he does it. Like, all right, I'm bringing up energy up here and I'm going to send it down your back. And then you see their back flow. Well, um, yeah, because he told... Okay. And the other thing was, I was watching him and I was like, he was doing something that I've seen. Uh, and here's where the disclaimer part comes in. I've seen grifters do this, where um, they are in fact touching you, but they're touching you so lightly. That you think it's energy. Yeah, so it's the spiritual healing type of crowd does this. Not my favorite crowd. Uh, There were a couple times where I don't know if they didn't realize that's what he was doing. They thought he was only touching the clothing or something, but I was like, he totally touched them. Uh, They do bring in... Jennifer Howe or something. She was a dancer on um, Dancing with the Stars. 
Uh, she infamously oh, okay. did blackface at Halloween. <gasps> did she really? Yeah, she uh, was a character from Orange is the New Black. Oh, because it's not like the main character is white or anything. Yep. Uh, <laughs> is this who I think it is? <laughs> She's the like tiny blonde woman. Yes. Oh no. Uh, so they have three people from Goop. Jennifer is the fourth person. He works on Jennifer first, who has who swears by him, has worked with him for years, right? Um, he's using a lot of hypnosis techniques in terms of how he's talking, where he's positioning, how he's saying things. He's giving a lot of suggestion. Um, because Jennifer is so experienced, I personally thought she was, I had, and this is why I had somebody watching with me, uh, is the quote unquote ringer. Um, she goes first because she knows the drill. She knows how to do this. Maybe she buys into it. Maybe she doesn't. I don't care, but she's being used as a ringer. So then everybody else knows exactly how to react because they want it to work. They want this to happen. So of course it's going to work. Yeah, uh, the exactly. Sa the same with the setting expectations. Stage. Yeah. Speaking of expectations, that brings us to the last one at the end of this very long episode. I gotta say, for some of the these criticisms, I was like, I could do a full hour commentary <laughs> on my problems. <laughs> so we've cut down quite a bit. So a bit on the experts. We are talking about into it. Everyone is psychic. <laughs> New experts. We have Laura Lynn Jackson, who is a high school English teacher, mother of three, and medium. Okay. She talks about the cards of light. Um, and on her website, she has, our lives have extraordinary meaning and purpose. And that purpose is, to, is always about learning to love and help each other in our beautiful journeys. So, you know, very positive yeah suburban housewife vibes <laughs> not housewife though i do recognize she's a she's a teacher you know she's out there working but that's that's the vibes i'm getting now i'm going to tell you her certifications and then i'm going to jump over to the to the other expert and i want you to keep her certifications in mind when i jump over okay so she is a certified medium by the windbridge institute for applied research in human potential as well as the Forever Family Thank Foundation. God. Now then, the other expert is Julie Bichelle. She is a parapsychologist. She has a PhD in pharmacology and toxicology, as well as a minor in microbiology and immunology. She has for 17 plus years been full-time studying mediums. Oh and. God. She is, runs a nonprofit and is the director of research at the Windbridge Research Center. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Doesn't it? Just a little bit familiar there. Just a teensy weensy bit. Yeah. Now, this is where I think you're going to have fun. <laughs> she talks about doing controlled more than double blind lab condition studies on mediums and that's how she certifies them okay um she does this over the phone 
to get rid of fraud, hewing, and overly general information. And this is why I had another person Over watching this episode. Okay. He, the person I was watching with is a he. He was like, immediately it was like you absolutely can do that over the phone because i used to do it in um aggressive phone calls and marketing it's like you absolutely can cue somebody yeah and and like do overly general information and stuff like that over the phone it is completely possible to do that absolutely yeah uh julie's interests lie in mediumship and helping with grief so the see that just that gives me another red flag because it sounds like you're preying on people who have had a loss yeah so like and they're searching for answers and they, they want to believe yeah like i get it there's a feeling of reassurance this feeling that they're not alone yeah um, feelings of closure feelings that there's concrete things you can do to keep that loved one close However, you can get all of that from free grief resources online. Um, Audiologies has a good podcast on grief, for example. Um, that is free. Uh, you can also get this in group grief therapy. And many, many places offer grief counseling at least one or one to five sessions for free. So it's not impossible to get this without having to pay somebody is what pay i'm saying somebody's sketchy yeah now then do you believe psychics are real do you think no. not obviously not all of them but some uh no i think they're very good at reading people cues and making um uh very good deductions and extrapolations on small mm -hmm. amounts of information that's what I think they're very good at. And we're actually going to get into that. Surprisingly. <laughs> but before we do, I am going, because I know you're super into science. I want to describe to you this more than double blind lab condition study for you. Oh, please do. Okay. So she describes it as quintuple blind. Ooh. So it's over That's the twice phone. as fancy. I know, right? <laughs> Quintuple blind. It is over the phone. On one end is the researcher and the medium. On the other end is who they're going to call the sitter or the client. And they do a they do a reading over the phone, so that the there are no physical cues. There's no ability right. to cue somebody. Then they repeat it with a different sitter. Uh, the sitters get both results, don't know which one is theirs, and then score both of the results. And then this is cross-referenced to be like, was it true? Was it not? Blah, blah, blah. Now. Okay. I bet you're wondering, have they published these reports? Have they published these transcripts? Maybe redacted transcripts? I'm sure you're wondering that. <laughs> yes. Well, no, they won't do that. Would you like to know why? Is it privacy? Yes, it is. However, uh. did you guess? You know, much like a doctor-patient confidentiality. You, I mean, you can still do it without patient names. It's uh, that can, simple. 
oh no, no, because she mentions very specific personal details. Sure. <laughs> you heard that sigh? <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. For me to even think about believing any of this, you have to give the ability to have your work reviewed. Yep. Preferably reviewed by other experts in the applicable field, whatever it may be. And she's saying, no, you just have to take my word for it. And I don't know you, bitch. So I, <laughs> I'm not going to just blindly be like, okay, sounds good to me. I mean, it's quadruple blind. <laughs> right? Crazy not to. Um, so it's all nonsense. Yeah, it's 100. I mean, they they could be doing fuck all on the phone, and we would have no idea. Yep. Uh. So there's two things that they go into and they're like, oh, this is like, you know, the first time it's been filmed, blah, blah, blah. Right. <gasps> so the medium, Laura, Laura Lynn, has a training program so that you, too, can learn to be psychic <laughs> for just nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is some excellent language use that goes on in these things. So her whole thing is based on the four Claire's, by the way. Clairvoyance. Okay, Claire. I was uh, just going to ask who, Get, who Claire is, but okay. Clairvoyance, <laughs> Claire audience, Claire sentience, and Claire cognizance. What is the root of clairvoyance? Is this actual... So clairvoyance is seeing, clairaudience is hearing. I can't remember what clairsentience is. And but then I'm like, is she using the word correctly? No. Okay. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel right. Claire means clear. So that's what we're talking about here. I'm like, this is not right at all. No. This was a painful one to get through. This was so painful. And there you is... took the bullet for me. <laughs> I had to protect you from this. There, there are a lot of problems um, with this, and there is a lot of there are a lot of techniques that she's using that you know she's very good. Laura Lynn is very good at what she does. She's very quick. She's very adaptable. She is a very smooth talker. And more than that, she continually talks with conviction. So they have the goop people go through one of her classes. And there is one person there who doesn't believe and is continually like, they are the only person who doesn't buy into this. And they're continually kind of made to feel like the outsider. Like there's... There's something crazy about them. She even says at one point, how do I get this superpower? And Laura Lynn is like, you already have it. You just need to feel something, something more, something, anything, right? It's always anything. Um, and then how some people are at a one and some people are at a 10, but we will work on that. So as you take her classes, you will slowly get stronger and stronger and better and better. And then eventually, Maybe 
you might have the ability to be a medium too. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. But you got to pay your dues in her school. And that comes in the form of cash money. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's psychic, but she still got to eat. So yeah, we, we got to eat. Hey, uh, um, yeah, she also she uses things like, you know, you're not seeing the full story. Like we're on this side of the paper. All the dead people, they're just on the other side. Um, very good language. Very good about like, you know, yes, of course, always very encouraging. And then like with the one skeptic that they have being like, you know, I know this knowledge and I'm here sharing it with you. I don't need your validation. There's a lot oh, of, of course. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of gaslighting. There's a lot of that talk that goes on. Um, but always in a very friendly tone, uh, which, which is, is so much for infuriating. Yeah, but uh, you can't be mad at it because then you're the unreasonable one. Yeah, I. Now this skeptical person ends up sitting for a reading with Laura Lynn, and Laura Lynn is like, "I'm seeing, I'm seeing somebody coming from the maternal side. I'm getting like two people, like a Gemini, like a twin, or something, and." Uh, now I'm seeing a father figure, maybe grandfather, very sudden thing. And she starts snapping, which she wasn't doing in the other readings and stuff like that. She goes on and this skeptical group member is like, eh, this doesn't really fit. This doesn't fit. This mm -hmm. doesn't fit. And then all of a sudden you hear a production person go, I don't think you're reading her. I oh think you're reading. Oh my God. I think you're reading this person over here who's on the crew, who's sitting and taking notes on the side. Um, and this is where, again, this episode I had to keep rewatching and why I had another person sitting with me to catch the dialogue. Because I was like, I can't explain um, how she got the artwork right, was what I said to them. I was like, I get, you know, all of this stuff. So they actually, they watched it with me and they broke it down. And they're like... Do you notice how she keeps snapping to the side? Do you notice how she keeps looking at the side? Remember when they panned the camera to show you the assistant at the side? And I was like, yeah, looks like the si a similar spot, right? She could tell through the body language, she's very good at reading body language, that that person was starting to realize what she was saying. So that stopped the, the bad read going on and we redirect mm -hmm. to the quote unquote good read. Uh, you're just searching the room for someone it fit. Yeah. Uh, mentions the, the, I was like, I don't know how she knew about like the artwork painting. This was a, sorry, this was a separate reading. I was I like, was confused I just, about the artwork. Yeah. I was like, I can't explain how she knew that this one person who was grieving the loss of their mother had their mother's artwork in the foyer. And mm. so the person I was watching with was like, rewind it back and breaks it down for me. They're like, okay, so 50-50 shot that you're going to get um, man or a woman. You're gonna get maternal side or paternal side. So it's a 50-50 shot that they're very broad. Right. Um, notice the reaction when the person, when the medium says, um, you know, I'm getting a mother figure, a mother figure, very maternal. The person instantly started crying. So now oh. she's already got a hit. Yeah, she already sure. knows that. Um, 
And then when we went into the sentence where I was like, okay, I get all of that. I'm following all of this. Um, by the way, when the person cried, medium instantly goes, she's coming in. She's saying, baby, 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 don't worry. Don't cry. I love you, baby. I love oh, you, baby. that's I love so you, gross. Yeah. Like instantly goes into that. So very quick at the body language, oh, very quick at disgusting. jumping on that. And do you have something like artwork from your mom that's like, bam, it's right there. And that was when I was like, shit, I missed the phrasing. And the person I was watching with went, yeah, you missed the phrasing from the artwork is from that could mean they made it. That could mean they bought it. That could be a picture. That could be anything. And if you notice how much how she had that instant reaction, it's a fair bet that she's in recent grieving. And what is something a lot of grieving people do? They put up reminders of the dead person, such as a photo in a prominent space that you walk in when you get home. Yeah. So all of this is deduction. Yeah, logic. Yeah, made to feel like it's very logical. And then when we go back to the one where it was like, oh, no, it was this crew member who she was really reading. There were um, the twins. Well, my grandmother was a twin. And it's like, but again, remember, she kept looking to the side. She kept yeah. looking at the other people to get that reaction. So that's what I mean when I say she's very good at this. She's very, very good. It's impressive if it wasn't insidious. Um when she mentions the grandfather. So by the time they turned the camera onto this woman, she had tears coming down her face. So she was already she was thinking about her dead mom. Yeah. And when the medium was snapping, she was trying to get the attention of the person on the crew. And then I remember she mentioned something about a donkey picture. And so when the woman's explaining all of this stuff, my grandmother was a twin and, you know, there was a death. And then, like, you know, my grandfather died and it was quite sudden. And I remember, like, you know, he, he was joking about us having a picture of a donkey at the wedding in Mexico we're going to have. And I was like, how would she know the donkey thing? And so the person I was watching with said, that was a shot in the dark for any animal but that's based on where she is geographically and mm -hmm. and that's when i went shit i forgot when they film these things they're filming for hours yeah so she could have come in and overheard oh 100 oh, i'm gonna have a wedding in mexico yeah like it i'm like she could have overheard something anything and i'm just like shit Shit, I can't believe I missed it. It happens so quickly that you can miss these things, which is why I was watching with the other person. But yeah, it's um, Goop promoted her as real and legitimate and about how, um, oh, these poor, sorry people um, who, you know, they're being portrayed as grifters and scam artists when they just want to help people. And charge them for it. Yeah. And, you know, comparing themselves to therapists who charge for it and stuff. And it. <sighs> and again, you're preying on the vulnerable. If you're not yeah. preying on the sick, you're preying on the people who are grieving. It, it's disgusting. And this is all allegedly, you know, maybe she's legit and we're just being too harsh. But if it's not real, 
that is sick. It's sick. Yeah. And you're a bad person and I don't like you. Yeah. And it's, uh, they're trying to present it with legitimacy, but I took you through the quintuple blind study. So blind that even we're not allowed to see it. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you gotta, you've got to show something. Something. And otherwise you're just talking and exactly. anybody can do that. There was a, a guy following me once telling me about his rocket ship. Uh, so Did I guess you go on was... his rocket ship. <laughs> Fuck no. No, I, I, this was my hometown has a lot of homeless and drug problems. So this was some dirty guy high on something following me when I was downtown. Um, but it's it's like, I guess I should just believe him, right? I don't have proof that he doesn't have a rocket ship. So, <laughs> you know what? He's going to space. I I am a Canadian ice princess and I need you to send me $20,000 so I can get my 15 million. You should just trust me, right? A princess? I mean, you can't say no. <laughs> uh So yeah, that the problem with goop when we get down to it, and I, I hope I've illustrated my point, is maybe two-thirds of it, you have legitimate experts here. Some of them might be, you know, a little out there, but have a basis in reality and provable things. But you're sneaking in people with nothing and then saying, well, we're providing information to make up people's minds. This is the exact same thing that people have said about like Dr. Phil, Oprah, Dr. Oz, how so much of what they say is either dramatized, manipulated, or it's, there's no proof. There's no science behind it, which Dr. Oz in particular got in a lot of trouble for. And they, I wish I knew the numbers, but this was so long ago. I watched the video. Someone broke down how much of the things on his show were backed by real science and we're just backed by pseudoscience and and there's no proof of any of it at all and a lot of it is like harmful diet stuff um because it was a show it was about ratings it was about money it wasn't about actually helping people and this sounds exactly the same to me it's not about providing like objection um an objective view on these things. It's not about any of that. It's just about getting eyes on the screen and getting money. Yeah. And it doesn't and matter if you have to be dramatic and, and just make shit up to get that done. Exactly. Um, we're going to talk a short bit before we end on Goop's website. Um, so like I said, Goop is a modern lifestyle brand um definitely structured like that it's uh i've got to say if they were going for an online magazine look they nailed it it's uh very well done their website um whoever they paid or continue to pay definitely deserves their pay probably could use a raise <laughs> uh quite well done um what was interesting to me though um like yeah there are supplements on there for sale. Absolutely. Uh, there's some sex goop branded sex toys on there for sale. I'm going to highly recommend that um, 
I found that when I when I searched one way, I only saw the Goop branded stuff. When I searched another way, I would see that they were selling other um, sex toy brands. Uh, personally, I would say if you want to get like a nice higher end sex toy, go to your local independent sex shop and get from there, especially if you're um, in a country outside of the United States. A lot of people are like, well, it's more expensive. It's more expensive. Well, there's a there's a money difference, uh, taxes and customs you can get dinged with. So you actually yeah. when you include all of that, it actually is cheaper. And then you're supporting your local importer, basically. To, to are there that. big chain sex shops? Uh, yes, there are. Um, I know in Canada, aren't we naughty is probably the biggest one. Uh, there's the stag shop as well. Cupid boutique, kind of, kind of not. Um, and I know in the States, Hustler has a Hustler story. has a store? Yeah. I uh, it's, it's true. Um, that would be my recommendation there. I only mention that because most of our stuff surrounds like sex and sexuality. So I like to keep that you note know, there. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of like flack, like the vagina candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's mm-hmm. vagina, uh, the aromatherapy like emitter incense thingamajig for like diffuser yeah, or like diffuser. Thank you for like two hundred and fifty dollars. That gets a lot of play where my jaw dropped on the floor. And I actually legitimately wasn't expecting this was the clothing and the jewelry prices. Some of that jewelry is 5,000 US. So for those of us in Canada, that's $10,000 for very simple, basic statement pieces. Like these are not diamond encrusted, ruby encrusted things. These are like, you know, very Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I will note that she was definitely wearing all the on-brand clothes when she was on camera, by the way, in both series. <laughs> uh, the, clo- the clothing, maybe the cheapest item I saw was two fifty. Oh, Jesus. Get out of here. Uh, again, US. I, I was like, okay, let me see what this brand, because it's like, oh, it's Goop brand by whoever. So I was like, let me see what they say about it. Apparently, it's like, you know, ethically manufactured and all of that stuff but the reality is i'm like you tell me that it's by companies in these countries but you don't tell me what the manufacturing companies are so i I can't easily look that up to verify um very simple clothing by the way as well i'm kind of like this better be hand stitched I, i don't know why the prices are that high well who uh i forgot the name of the brand but Kanye West, his stuff is so plain. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. Maybe it's because I am, you know, small brained. <laughs> I don't. He's, he's obviously a genius, right? That's what he said before. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> Everything I've seen from his brand, which I cannot think of the name of, um, it's so plain and basic and nothingness. And he's trying to act like he's a visionary. Yeah, I. But he's also I, a piece of shit human being. But go oh, on. yeah. <laughs> um, who has uh, recently said Hitler wasn't that bad a person. So he got banned from Twitter 
yep. uh, for putting a swastika inside a Star of David. I believe. Well, that's that's just pleasant. Uh, yeah. And this is right <laughs> after Elon Musk is like, you could do whatever you want on Twitter. It's free speech. Uh-huh. <laughs> as uh, long as you're not mean to me. Oh, no. Yes. Now Elon's going to come after us. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he said nothing wrong about Tesla. Uh, yeah, the clothing prices and those jewelry prices were what made my jaw drop because I was expecting to be like, oh, everything's going to be um, overpriced and inaccessible for people. Right. But that was just next level for me. I, I was just, like, I can't. It is a recognizable name. Yes. People have heard of Goop, but they associate it with pseudoscience. They show associate it with vagina candles. It's not a good association, really. So why do you want to parade around wearing statement pieces that are from Goop? Because usually, Tim, I don't wear brand name expensive stuff. I never have. I, I don't care how rich I am. I don't see myself ever doing that um, because I don't care. <laughs> but to me, the point of wearing these kinds of things has always been status and the way people look at you and the way you want to be viewed. Do you really want to be viewed as like an avid goop supporter? Because that just seems weird. I, and I think that's the, the thing. And it's something that we're seeing a lot of in society is like there, that in and of itself gives us exclusion because it's like, you don't get it. You just uh, don't get it. Uh, I get it. I'm inside. <laughs> I, I'm in the in crowd. You're, you don't get it. You don't understand it. Yeah. Like that's, you can't that's. Come in. Yeah. You can't sit with us. On Wednesdays, we wear goop. <laughs> no, Mary. <laughs> so, yeah, I. The reason why I spent half the episode talking about the experts who are actual, like, experts was because I want it. I don't want the stuff that they did that was actually good and positive that's based in in good things and yeah some of them might go off into like um new age land and stuff like that but they they keep it that's them personally then there's them professionally um i didn't want them to be like dragged down because they appeared on goop yeah um especially when we're talking about stuff like um, sexual comfort between couples, sexual wellness for women, understanding your own pleasure. I, I didn't want that to happen. It just like how I was like the psychedelics episode, you had an opportunity to really portray this, but you kept going back to like my spiritual tourism type thing. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm like, you're, you're kind of, delegitimizing what they're trying to do right now um which is decriminalize um possession decriminalize uh taking it so that people can get help right um, and then also so that it can be used as a tool to give people the chance to have breakthrough moments in therapy um 
the so, people not having a trauma response because they're on it is very interesting to me. Yes. And that's something I've never heard of. I, I mean, I've heard of microdosing and things like that a bunch. Um, but I, it makes sense now that it's been said <laughs> but, that it, it could have that effect on you. Um, but I find that fascinating. But then you wrap it in all this mystical bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, like, well, I wanted to know more about this, but now it's icky. Exactly. And and that's the that's kind of the crux of what I'm trying to say about Goop is, yeah, it positions itself as a modern lifestyle brand with like, you know, um, articles and beauty products, clothing products, all of these other things. And like, oh, yeah, of course, we're going to have a section on, you know, women's sexual health, like all the, the women's magazines have. Uh, but they also have this other end of it that, you know, they have the ability and the opportunity to genuinely help people. And it sounds like in some cases they did, especially with the therapy. But you are also predatory and going after vulnerable people and clearly, clearly focused on monetizing all of this yes so it's hard to for me to cheer them for the good that they did when there's so much bad to offset it so it's like i i can't justify all the bad stuff just because you've done some good stuff exactly like yeah i i just that's that's all i have to say <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we we got to energy fields and I was just like, fuck you. I yeah. was giving you I was giving you a freaking chance. And the <laughs> fact that like he was leading them the whole time, like, I'm going to do this. So they know, oh, I'm supposed to be feeling something at this spot right now. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow got on the table and showed what she was doing. And I'm like, except she's gone through this how many times with him? Like, whether she's conscious of it or not, she knows the pattern. She knows what's expected. Like, yeah, and she started Goop, so she has a vested interest in this. Exactly. And, you know, I, I yeah, it's, uh, that's our conclusion about Goop. Just, uh, yeah. It, it's fr it's frustrating for me especially because I was like as Betty Dodson I was just like you are awesome well was awesome but awesome and I'm just like I never heard of her before in everything I've read so I was like this is awesome and then I'm like and you're here with Goop yeah so it's like <laughs> it, you're excited there's the potential you can see it and then you just you just bring me down. <laughs> yeah, and that that's the that's the thing is is ultimately Goop is a company that is trying to get your money and trying to appeal to everybody in the quote unquote wellness community, which I'm sure we could do like ten thousand episodes on. <laughs> We're and living forever, Mary. <laughs> We're gonna do it. We're gonna cover it all. Uh, we're gonna 
we're gonna get our, our uh, fasting mimicking diet <laughs> That's in the, the boxes key. and live forever do our vampire facials <laughs> so yeah that that's the conclusion here um yeah this is what happens when miri does the research well no you did better than i did because or do in general because not only did you watch everything and take notes and all that but you put in the extra effort to then research the quote-unquote experts outside of that beyond just what they showed or told in the episodes and went to their sites and everything and that is very impressive and you did an excellent job and i will fight anyone who says otherwise (laughs) thank you i was like i have to make sure proud i have to do all this research to make sure proud and you're kind of running the next episode too oh the next (laughs) i'm i'm simply uh leading the way because our next episode will be so much more fun because it will be 2023 and the list of 2022 items taken out of human orifices will be out and that's our annual tradition i feel here i am going to make a prediction right now that some people have stuck paper in their ears oh no really (laughs) is it that popular i wasn't sure yeah, well, don't don't you remember the last time? It was so many oh, like receipts and stuff, and I'm yes! like, I'm pretty sure they just have like an itch in their ear, and they're like, I got those. Where's I'll pick up the closest clips? piece of junk. And there were paper clips too. There was yeah. a whole paper theme. Stop sticking stuff in your ears, people. But as long as you do, we'll be here to talk about it. <laughs> but don't don't consider us anonymously talking about you. To be a prize, you don't want to win this prize. No, oh, it's not worth it. Don't try the to hospital win this. bills, ma'am. No. Oh yeah, especially if you're in the states. Jeez. My home and it's on fire. Save me, Mary. Has California stopped burning? I mean, it's in a perpetual drought. It has been what feels like the majority of my life. Um, it's winter so fires aren't really as much of a issue but next year they will be because of course (laughs) oh boy i always um one positive to come out of california firefighting and i found this so my last job is uh so california firefighting has offered a huge learning opportunity to multiple um international fire associations um almost every uh fire association throughout canada um and fire departments have lessons learned from california fires so you might be on fire but the entire world does in fact benefit from the lessons learned (laughs) well i lost my home but you're welcome (laughs) your your home was sacrificed to save other homes in a country you don't live in i am so selfless You know what? You should start your own wellness brand. No, God, I would feel icky every morning I woke up. (laughs) That's almost worth doing now just to see you wake up every morning. Are you watching me in this scenario? Yes. (laughs) Cameras in my house. That's the thing. I'm the face of the brand, but you're running it behind the scenes. 
You're like, that's enough sleep for you, sure. Get back to work. <laughs> I press a button, like the knockout gas is released. <laughs> back in your hole. Great. I'm going to be super paranoid all night. Thanks. <laughs> no, no, that's like way too much work for me. We both know I'm lazy. <laughs> All right, on that note, uh, thank you everyone for joining us on this special holiday edition where we have ruined your shopping plans. Or, you know, for that goop lover in your life, maybe we have benefited your shopping plans. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, just say you cut out a label and buy something cheaper. <laughs> That's all uh, I'm saying. Fraud for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. On that note, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Clam Jammers podcast. Check us out at clamjammers.ca for all your covet needs. Hello and welcome- SHUT UP GRANDPA!